Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out, it's only Philips to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I am a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a session violinist, and I love films. As Sadiq Khan once said, We should celebrate when optimism and hard work triumph over cynicism, lethargy and fatalism. And we should all book a group outing to see Booksmart. I hear it's absolutely wonderful. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Jamila Jamil, Ricky Gervais and Mark Kermode, but this week my very special guest is stand-up comedian Susie Ruffle. Oh, you're in for a treat! I'll be in LA for just a few more weeks, but you can keep up to date with all my live shows and stand-up gigs by following me on Twitter at Brett Goldstein and on Instagram at Mr. Brett Goldstein. If you do enjoy the podcast, you want to support it, get more content, come and join me over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get extra guest questions for nearly all of the episodes. You'll get some videos, you get guest list tickets, recommendations, all sorts of shit. This week, there are 15 minutes of extra chat with Susie, and it is really good stuff. You don't really want to miss it, so just do it. And remember, best of all, if you do become a Patreon member, not only do you get lots of the extra good stuff, you don't have to hear this bit about becoming a Patreon member. I just put the whole episode unedited, no ads, no shit about becoming a Patreon member. It's just like pure, uncut podcast, if you're into that sort of thing. So give it a look over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So here we go. Susie Ruffle is a wonderful stand-up. She's an actor, a writer, and a podcaster herself. And I've known her for years, and she is just brilliant. And if you've never seen her live, you must do. I think she's on tour at the moment, and if she isn't, she's doing a new Edinburgh show, so you must go and see that. She's amazing. We recorded this episode a while back in London, and I'll tell you what, it probably has two of the most moving answers I've heard on this podcast. So buckle up. You might need some tissues. Also, we take a very long detour into ghost stories, so hopefully, you know, that doesn't scare you. But it might do. Probably won't. But it might do. So if you're scared easily, be careful. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 47 of Films to be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried With. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm joined today by an actor, a writer, a phenomenal stand-up and an incredible all-round human. Yeah, Let's sure. call it like it is. Please welcome to the show, 
the fabulous Susie Raffle. There's nothing sadder than just claps by themselves, is there? <laughs> if, look, the people at home are clapping along. Do you think that's what they do? Well, you're, they're in their cars. And they I don't think they're listening at home. I think you're right. I think they're on the tube clapping and people are looking at them and they're going, Susie Raffle, do you know anything about comedy? Anyway, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you for coming to my house. My pleasure. It's nice. It's nice to have a nose around. I like that you've chosen the Muppets mug. Yes, of course. Mugs. Big fan. It's a good Big uh, fan. Start. How long have I known you, Susie? I mean, I know this because I, sh- I texted you a picture from those, like, Facebook memories. Yeah. Um, oh, a vampire picture where, where none of us have changed since. Yeah. yeah, so it's like 102 years. <laughs> yeah. Actual. Oh, that's. Oh, did you that know was the day that? we we became made vampires. The, made the pact <laughs> with with the witch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're Zachary Binks, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. T- ten years, I think. Ten years. Do you like films, Susie? Yes. Convenient. Very convenient. Yeah, I like films. I like going to the pictures. I don't do it as much as I'd like to. Okay. I wouldn't really do it when you're on tour. A bit, not loads. Mm. But maybe should do more. But I do love going to the pictures. I quite like going by myself. Yes. But I wouldn't call myself a film buff. Okay. Because I'm not good at like knowing groups of directors or who did what or whether that was the same writers or anything like that. But I enjoy sort of films for what they are, like the solo thing. Do you watch uh, films on your telly or computer or phone? Yeah, yeah. And box sets. Are you more a box set person now? No. I think it just sort of depends what mood I'm in. Last week I watched Philadelphia for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't believe I hadn't seen it. So what are your thoughts on Philadelphia? I thought it was great. I think it's aged really well. Oh, great. And Tom Hanks is brilliant. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I think that's also where Denzel went big in the mainstream. He's my favourite film star. Yeah, he's really great in it. And his character yeah. has a real journey as well. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a really good movie. It's very sad. It's quite sad, isn't it? Yeah, I really cried at the end. I, uh, I forgot to tell you something. I feel like I know where this is going. I should have told you at the beginning. It's bad that I didn't actually. I don't even know how you're going to take this because you seem you seem like quite zen. So Do maybe I? you'll take this well. But okay. I still think it's going to be a shock. But uh, fuck. You died. You died. I'm sorry. This is a concern because this keeps happening when people come to this podcast. <laughs> and I think people are going to start thinking it's you. <laughs> I'm like, uh, Agatha, what's her name? Mad as she wrote. Uh, Jessica Fletcher. No, you're not finding the killers. You're killing people. That's what. That was the twist, right? Oh. Everywhere she went, people were dying. And then she'd find the killer. Wink, wink. Okay. Well, that's the thing. So I've died. Oh God. How did you die? Well, I don't know. Do you know? (laughs) Is it Jessica Fletcher? Oh, it might be. It's up to you. That's a great idea. I don't know. Someone really cut me up on my bike yesterday. Really? So it could have been that. Oh. That's horrible. That's very horrible, a man in a van. I hate to hate to be cliched, but it was. It wasn't a white van, though. It was a black van, and he called me some horrible names out of the window. Really? For something that I hadn't really done. I'm not really dealing with it. But it was quite scary. I was quite uh, uh, scared afterwards. I was shaken. Oh, that's so maybe it was that. Not be that, is what I'm saying. Yeah, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. No, that's why it was. Well, I just feel like that's the, the one that makes most sense if I'm dead now at this moment. So the man in the black van who called your names ran you, ran you over? Yeah, and then I didn't realise I was dead in a very sort of... You were shaking it like Patrick Swayze. Or Sixth Sense. Yeah. Like, I didn't know. So I've been going about my life really thinking, nearly. like, my girlfriend's not talking to me. 
or like what's going on. And I'm the first person who's looked you in the eyes in the whole day, right? Well, you can see ghosts because you've done yeah. this podcast so much. Yeah. All right. Did you worry about death? Now I do, yeah. Right. Since now, yesterday. Well, now that I don't know whether I've been undead, dead, mm. and been wandering around sort of thinking that I'm having my life, but in fact... Previous to this, death is an anxiety of yours? No, I've got a lot of anxieties, but I wouldn't say that death is one of them. Death's not making the cut? No. I feel like I worry more about, like, what could... I feel like, well, when I'm dead, it's all done, isn't it? Do you think that's it? you think there's an afterlife? I'd like to think there is. Yeah. I think it's a lovely idea. I think maybe. I think that there's maybe something happens to our energy. Yes. Who we are, like the, the sort of, I don't know, I guess some people would say soul, other people would say energy or something else. And I don't know if it necessarily goes away, but I don't know if it's anything physical that we can understand. But you think your consciousness is gone? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Have you ever had a ghostly experience? No, what is that? Oh, like an experience of a ghost. Oh, have I ever had one? Sorry, yeah. I thought you said have you ever read it. No. I have had an experience of a ghost. Have you? Yeah. Can you tell us about it? And I've by t- us, I mean me and you I've guys. I told listening. it on Richard Herring's podcast, but I suppose I could. That's fine. You're allowed to cross it. over. Oh yeah. You can do material twice. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've seen. Oh, why you... did anyone tell me? I don't know. There's some stuff of yours I've seen you do a few times. What? <laughs> That's insane. Uh, you're just remembering it. Uh, what happened was. Friend of ours, family friend, we were all in Devon, I believe sure. it was. And we were in like a hotel and the hotel had a pool. We we're all in the pool. Uh, us as a family. There was a family friends that we had who had a, like a cottage in Devon. They were staying in that cottage down the road. Their mum, the mum of that family had recently died. She died very sadly of cancer. They, the family, the dad, his daughter and another girl are in that cottage. We're all, we're sort of seeing them for dinner and stuff like that. But they, we're having separate time because we're in a hotel yeah. in the cottage. One day, suddenly, they all come to the pool we're in the pool at the hotel they've moved out of the cottage and moved into the hotel why what's happened ghosts we're terrified ghosts and part of us is all like what but part of us is all also because it's so recent the mum died part of us is thinking you know romantically you're thinking well i kind of hope it's the mum you know yeah that'd be nice but also they're terrified and then these are normally not the sort of people to ever yeah engage in this sort of stuff so the story that they tell us is the night before, the two girls have gone to bed. There's, they've been eating sweets. They've got, like, boiled sweets all over the place. Turn out the light. Uh, a sweet hits one of them in the head. She goes, stop throwing sweets at me. The other girl goes, well, I haven't done anything. Another one, another one hits her. Stop throwing sweets. I haven't, I'm not doing anything. They turn on the light. Sweets flying around the room. <gasps> terrified, run into the dad. Dad, dad, dad. He goes, what are you talking about, this stupid... Uh, he goes into the room, he says, will you stop throwing sweets at my daughter? Sweet hits him, they scream out <laughs> in the bedroom. Oh, previous to this, in the dark, before the sweets start flying, one of the girls is freezing cold, she says, can we turn the heating on? The other girl's like, what are you talking about? It's boiling, freezing cold, boiling, sweets going around. Anyway, so they run out, so the next day, me, my dad and my sister, and another guy, go to the cottage. They're all too terrified to go. We're like, well, we've got to have a look, haven't we? And we go in the cottage, middle of the day, sunny, not sunny, but daylight. And um, I go upstairs and we're like, ooh, but it doesn't feel like there's nothing going on. I go to the bathroom, have a wee, forget to flush the toilet. Remember that bit? My dad puts some coins on the bed where the girls were sleeping, puts like a 50p, a 20p and a 10p, puts them on the bed and then like steps back. Nothing happens. We stand there. 
all at once, the toilet flushes and the coins go bing, bing, bing in three different, three different directions. The coins fling across the room and we scream and run out. And that's it. Uh, so what happened to the family? Did they end up going back to the house? They got an exorcist. <gasps> got an exorcist for her. Turns out the story we were told, according to whoever, you know, person that went there, was that... That it wasn't the mum or anything. There were ghosts that lived in this house that did not like her friend, the daughter's friend. Felt like her energy was not nice. So they were trying to get her out of the house. So they had an exorcist. I mean, look, all of this might be total madness and blah, 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 except for I cannot explain why those coins, you know. That's terrifying. I don't know how that happened. If there is a logical explanation, I'd love to hear it. But I don't, I, I saw it happen and I don't know why. That's scary. So, thank you. Good night. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm not... Good night, I'm not leaving. Mm. So that's... Uh, I don't know if I'll keep that in, but that's... Uh, that's. I mean, it's a good story, though. You should talk about it on stage. Really? I don't know, something... Something in it. Something, like, thrilling about hearing a story like that. Yeah. But have you ever had a ghostly experience? Not really. Just, mm-hmm. like, had a dream where I thought my nan was there. Mm-hmm. And then, and I couldn't get to her in the dream. Couldn't get to her, couldn't get to her, couldn't get to her. She was in the distance. I was shouting. I was trying to get to her, trying to get her attention. Couldn't get to her. And then I sort of struggled myself awake. And I felt like as I woke up, I heard my nan's voice say, we need to go. We've scared her in my room. Oh, my God. That gave me a shiver. Oh, Mm. Oh, that's such a good story. Scary, isn't it? God, that's scary. We need to go. Who is she saying that to? She was day? with her sister, my great aunt, in, in, in my dream. She <clears> was. <throat> oh, we need to go. We scared her. Oh, that breaks my heart a bit. Yeah, I know. And mm. I feel like she was in my room and I woke up and I was like. <gasps> my auntie, I don't know. I think it's right to tell us in here. My mum's d- dad died when she, they were very young, sadly. And uh, her sister, my auntie, had an experience of sort of praying I just want to see him one more time I just want to see him one more time I just want to see him one more time and then he appeared at the end of her bed and she was so scared that she ran like immediately ran away like regretted yeah almost like oh don't oh don't then this is too scary and uh maybe he would have said oh we must go we're scared maybe so I don't know about life after death I like the idea of something but Mm. I don't know there's stuff that I don't know I think it's all I think it's far beyond what we know Yes. I mean, I'll be talking more about ghosts in a bit. Well, good news. Yeah. Or bad news, depending if you wanted to sort some peace and quiet. There is an afterlife. Yay. There's a is heaven. my nan here? Yeah, she's there. She stops. She's like, just be careful because she's very jumpy, this one. <laughs> Great. Says to everyone up there. Great. Tread lightly with her. She spooks easy. Yeah. But Great. everyone there wants to talk about film. It's Your fine. life through film. Yeah. The first question they ask you is, what is the... First film that you remember seeing? The Jungle Book. Delicious. Good one, right? Love The Jungle Book. Yeah. What were the circumstances in which you saw The Jungle Book? So I would have seen it on home, on VHS. Yes. I... Do you have brothers and sisters? I have a brother that's older than me. How much older is he? Four years. Are you tight? Yeah, we're close. Carry on, please. Yeah. uh, So I remember watching it and really enjoying it and thinking it was brilliant. Do you watch it alone? No, I would have watched it with my family. I watched it a lot with my dad. And I watched it, I remember watching it with my dad when I was poorly. When I was like yeah. ill. I'd like wake them up and be like, I've been sick. I was really sickly as a child. Yeah. I would always, I was like always throwing up. And I was really like, I was underweight for ages. Really? They were feeding me. <laughs> it's important to point out. But I just, um, I was really, yeah, I was really 
Uh, like, I was, I've always been sort of a bit lanky. I was really skinny. And I was often, I often had an upset tummy. And so I was often thrown up. So I remember waking up my dad and him like being like, all right, come on, let's get upstairs, let's put on Jungle Book. Oh, really? To like sort of chill me out. I mean, here's a story yeah. that I have, I've talked about in an Edinburgh show, uh, but not this specific bit of it. But briefly when I was a child, my dad was arrested in Italy. Mm-hmm. And um, for basically something, something that he, there were, someone put drugs in a, a lorry that he drove and he right. didn't know anything about it. And he was, they locked him up for a little, for about four or five weeks. Right. Um, maybe a bit longer, maybe a couple of months. And then eventually they realised that it wasn't his and they found the people that had done it. They were putting drugs in people's lorries because my dad was a long distance lorry driver and he would cross countries. Right. And so he was driving, doing like a trip that he'd done before from England through France <coughs> to Italy. Anyway, it kept happening and they eventually realised that it wasn't really him. Um, but he'd spent quite a lot of time in this Italian prison and they kept saying to him, you're going to get 10 years, you're going to get 10 years. And he was like, I haven't done anything. I didn't know what was in my lorry. Like this was like, and I'm just delivering fruit. And so he didn't know anything that was going on. And like, like, I think for a while it was a bit like, oh God, is this going to go? So he was in in prison in in Italy? Yes. And no one spoke English. It was terrifying. He, yeah, he knew nothing about sort of what he knew that he was delivering stuff. He he hadn't checked the back of the which I guess he was meant to have done. So like, they were like, but anyway, he mm. then thought that he was going to be in prison for 10 years in prison in, in Milan. And after six weeks, the British embassy went, there was nothing to link him to these people that had planted drugs in his lorry. And so he got released. Right. And did you only know this in those days, like just from a phone call? Mm. So my mum was like, mum would have been like 35, Two children under 10, wow. husband gone. Could be in prison for 10 years. Could be in prison for 10 years. Oh, Hadn't really had a chance to speak to my dad. Yeah. So didn't really know the ins and outs of it. Had thought like, what have you done? Like it was yeah. nightmare, nightmare situation. My uncle was coming around and paying the mortgage, like debt collectors at the door, like God. awful. I only found this out like a few years ago. Dad, I knew about, knew about the story of dad being in Italy, but this part of the story. Mm. So he hadn't told mum he was coming home. They were just like, we've got you on a flight. And like, no one had a mobile. Yeah. So unless you asked for a call. So they just took him to, straight to the airport. He's like, great. So we just went. Right. And so then, and then he didn't call her from the airport. He just got, because again, no mobile right. phones. He just got on the train back to Portsmouth. And mum said that she was in the kitchen and she heard him whistle mm. up the, up in, into the garden. Yeah. And he walked into the back of the garden. And mum, like, obviously it was like, they realised it wasn't him. Like, you know, it was just like such a relief for him to be home. And mum cried and we were all like, oh my God, you're back, you're back, you're back. And I apparently ran up to him and dad said, do you want to watch The Jungle Book? Oh, mate, that's the most beautiful story I've ever read. And he said that that's what he kept thinking about when he was going to sleep in these like steel things, just being like, why didn't I check? What did I do? I'm such an idiot. You're always told to check when you cross borders. You know, all this mm. stuff. You know, he wasn't a very wealthy person, so he did loads of jobs that, like, maybe for people that were a bit dodge, but he didn't really know the ins and outs of it. But we were so... He'd just been made um, bankrupt. So he was... We, we were just so... It was just so hard to make a living that Dad then was in this tiny cell when no one spoke English. The only thing they said to him was 10 years. And he had, yeah, no idea what was going to happen to him. And he's, like, a really sort of, like, easygoing, good bloke, my dad, yeah. that just fell on really hard times. And then, yeah, came in and he just... Like, I don't remember it. But mum said, oh, yeah, he picked you up and said, do you want to watch The Jungle Book? Oh, my God, that's the most beautiful story. Yeah. 
I love it. It must have been fucking amazing, just him appearing out of nowhere with no warning. Yeah, I think that so. That must have looked, that's like a Christmas miracle. Yeah, but I think my mum was like, oh my God, you're here. And then like, what the fuck did you do? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, she didn't even know that I was doing it. Yeah, so. Why are like, you driving around trucks? You, yeah. Yeah. So that, so then I have like a link to that yeah. as well. And I was on the phone to mum and dad this morning. They were uh, coming back from somewhere and I was coming through the hands free on the, in the car. Yeah. And I said, oh, I'm doing my friend's podcast today about films. I said, what was the first film that I watched? And Dad went, I'm the king of the swingers, uh, yo. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. That is so we sang it. <laughs> that is my favourite answer to this question I've yet had. Oh, thanks. That's beautiful. Yeah. What a lovely story. I mean, obviously, there was drama, but the ending. Was, do you know what I mean? But there's always a little bit of drama. I'd like to see that film. It's like the railway children ending. Fucking hell. I know. I'd really like to Ooh. write the film of my dad and his yeah. family's lives at some point, but... The time hasn't come yet for me to feel like I can take on a subject, <laughs> a big old subject, like, you yeah, know. Family beast. Yeah, and also, like, just, I'd really want to be able to shine. Like, I when wouldn't you... want it to be, like, Ken Loach, like, oh, my God, unbelievably bleak, yeah. but but also brilliant. But um, <laughs> I'd like to show, like, the sort of softer, lighter sides of, I think there's something about certain working class people that sort of have this, well, it's all gone wrong, but we're not dead yet. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say that, for sort of some parts of history, my family have very much been those sort of people of like, well, just got to carry on. When you uh, talked about that stuff in your stand-up, mm. did you have a conversation with your dad saying, I want to talk about yeah, this stuff? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. And what was he like? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Oh, great. Have yeah. you seen it? Yeah. I don't think he'd want me to do it on telly, but I think in okay. the live experience, because then someone else edits it and it could, it could end up yeah. looking like a very different story. Yeah. Because, you know, my dad was, like, you know, it's not like, my father was in prison when I was a child. It was like, for briefly, my yeah, dad was locked yeah. up in Italy. Yeah. Um, I mean, the funny thing is he still ain't eat pasta. <laughs> Happened when I was six. I'm 32 now. Yeah. So that's been like... Get that shit out of my ass. Yeah. 26 years of him being like, don't like pasta. <laughs> Just won't have it. I think that's fair. Uh, that's a really good answer. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, what is the film that scared you the most? So going back to our earlier discussion, re-ghosts, if that yeah. bit stays in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Some of the, your stories definitely will. The Conjuring. I love, mate, tell you what, The Conjuring, and The Conjuring 2 is a phenomenal horror film. And Annabelle. Annabelle is all right. <laughs> so the, I've, I've not seen The Conjuring 2, the, the first Conjuring, yeah. because it's so... So well done. I think they're just great. The yeah, coaster, ghost it's yeah, it's a, it's a great yeah, it's a great sort of ghost film in the way of like, you know, a lot of I'm not ma- I'm, I find horror quite scary, and I'm a bit of a um, wuss right. with some stuff. I like, and also like doing a job like this, you spend so much time like on the road, staying in different hotels. <laughs> Last year, I went and did some shows for the Melbourne Comedy Festival called this Comedy Roadshow thing, and we were staying in like we stayed in one place that looked like Bates Motel. Oh really? And you stay in places that are really and so. You don't I, need extra fears. No, and also, like, I've got quite an overactive brain, so I'm like, oh, like, you know, the classic, like, brushing your teeth and thinking there's, like, if I look up, there's going to be a face behind me in the wind, in the mirror, you know, that sort of thing. But I've got a couple of friends, Joe and Dan, who are a couple who are, like, two of my really good mates. They're really into horror. Right. And so for a while, uh, a little group of us would go and watch horror films when they came out. And I would say that after Annabelle, I was like, do you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this for a bit because it's not really my bag. So... I'm leaving this friendship to and down. Yeah, I'm, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving the friendship. I am leaving film club because okay. this is too scary. 
So The Conjuring, what is it, like 1970s, it's set? Uh, yes, I believe so, And yeah. it's shot in a way that's sort of, it's not like, I mean, I'm sure it is high definition, but it's shot in a way that it sort of looks like a 70s film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a little bit sepia in places, it's not... It's got a good grade on it. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's what it is, yeah. And I found that really scary. So the first one, is that is it the second one with the nun? No, the, f- the first one is with Annabelle. Is with it starts with the doll. Yeah, it starts with the doll, and then it's. Uh, Are you sure? Yes, because yeah, because they yes. put the doll in the museum, didn't they? So there's there's a, there's a couple who are like spirit hunters. Yeah, the second hunters. one is the Enfield haunting story. Yes, so I've seen that as well. Right. Yeah, so I've seen all three of them, but they're the same people, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's the same cast and everything. So yeah, it's just this idea that this doll is possessed, and yeah. it's. I mean, it's, it's fucking terrifying in places. It, it is. It's really jumpy. It's really... Um, like I, I when, Sometimes when I go and see horror films, I'll just watch, like, the corner of the screen so I don't have to take everything in. So I'll be like, oh, it looks like there's a ghost there. Or just... It's the jumpiness that I find. But it is sort of thrilling. Yeah. But also quite... Um, you can live without it. I don't know. I sort of like... I, I've not watched a horror film for a while, but there is something quite... <laughs> there's something yeah. quite exciting about watching them but i didn't i did not care much for um for for parts of the conjuring 2 and annabelle i mean i think even the conjuring 1 i think the the first conjuring i thought was a fantastic film yeah and then the second one it got a bit scarier and then the third one i just remember being quite exhausted afterwards i was like this is too much i was just like it's just being like i can't wait for this to end i can't wait for this to end i can't wait for this to end but did you feel better at the end it's about the the, it's about charles manson isn't it that's what it is Annabelle. Annabelle. Annabelle is possessed by someone that kills themselves mm. in Manson's cult. Right. In the house. And okay. the idea is, I think, that the spirit of that sort of cult member went into a doll. Which, of course, when you say it on a podcast, sounds <laughs> not only ridiculous, but also like, why on earth would you be scared of that? That's silly. But let me tell you, in the pictures, it's scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's As scary. a radio play, it doesn't work. No. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, I just think they're uh, sort of, I, I think the Conjuring films in particular, there's lots of those films, but I think those two certainly are excellent, yeah. really well put together, really proper proper actors in them. Proper. Yeah, well I think that's the thing with so many horror films, they'll sometimes not be great cast, because sometimes yeah. they like to have people that are not famous, which yeah. makes sense because you want it to feel like a bit realer. Yeah. Because otherwise you'll be watching and being like, well, there's Hilary Swank. I know that she's fine because she's Hilary Swank. She's going to be fine. She can box. Yeah, exactly. Um, as long as there's no stalls about, she'll be fine. Absolutely fine. But yeah, like, yeah, I find quite a lot of things quite scary. Okay. okay. <laughs> but I like, like, The Omen and I really like Rosemary's Baby. Okay. And Single White Female, which, but they're more, like, thrillery. So, yeah, I'd say that was my, uh, that, that, I, I find those sort of, sc- I, I, don't, I don't care much for slasher. Don't care much for blood, the Saw films, nah, thank you, gore, Um, but ghosts scare me. Well, you've had one. Well, I don't know. Uh, What is the film that made you cry the most? There's a few. Okay. It's quite a few. Um, Boys Don't Cry. Okay. Great film. You were like, girls do. Yeah, girls do. I'm absolutely weeping right now. Oh, Still Alice? Fucking hell, mate. Have you seen Still Alice? (laughs) Do you know what? I will be honest with you. I... I have not seen Still Alice for the simple reason that I 
I see nearly everything and I love Julianne Moore so much, but I read the synopsis of Delilah's and I thought, I don't quite know why I would be watching this film because it just sounds so fucking depressing. It was really sad. So it's a film about a woman who is diagnosed with early onset dementia or Alzheimer's. One of the two. Yeah. So I think, I think dementia is when you're old. So I think it's Alzheimer's and she is basically just sort of like losing herself. Mm. And it's really heartbreaking. Yeah. Who's the Kristen Stewart? That's Kristen Stewart plays her daughter. Alec Baldwin's her husband. Yeah. And it's just, Oh yeah, I pulled my eyes out. Yeah. It was really sad. <laughs> not entirely sure why I watched it. Yeah, you're not it to me. Like no, it's, I mean she's brilliant in it. Yeah, she's so great in it. it. I mean, watch it for a masterpiece in acting. Yeah. And also like, I don't know, I guess part of me is like, you know, some people are living that. Mm. That is some people's lives. Don't you know, yeah, it's really sad, but it's but you know, if you're watching if you can sit there and watch someone be like stabbed. Yeah. Or like, you know, or like yeah. in Saw, it's like, oh, the key to the bear trap is in that man's brain. Do you want to get it out? <laughs> like if you can watch that and be like, oh, it's fine. Then I guess we should all be able to watch stuff like that and go, oh, this is the existence of some people. And that's mm. really sad. And their stories are still really valid. So yeah, I should watch them. But yeah, I mean, there's a moment where she forgets where the toilet is in her own house and wets herself. And I oh, bawled my eyes out because I just thought, she's like, where's the bath? She goes into the wrong. She keeps going into the wrong rooms, and everyone's like, "Mum, you know where the bathroom is." She, uh, and it's just. And then she when she, then she wets herself, and she just look and like she's just so great. Yeah, it's really moving. It's really sad. She's a bloody good actor. She's a great actor. What about um? What was the other one? You said there were a few. the Notebook. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's lovely. Yeah, I found that very sad. Mm. Milk. Yeah. Cried a lot of milk. That's very sad. Sean Penn's really good in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, up. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big crier. Yeah, like a sad film. Oh, when Jesse sings in oh, Toy Story no. 3. I mean, just fuck that. When She Loved Me, absolutely not. The worst. What is the film that yeah. is supposed to be bad, but you love it unashamedly? Most people are like, this film's terrible. Critically disavowed. You're like, idiots. I don't necessarily think idiots but i think i don't care what you think love actually great i like it i think emma thompson's performance in that is magnifique magnifique when during that Joni mitchell song mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah breaks your heart really breaks your heart um so i'd say yeah that one you I, can have I, that. I don't don't massively care for bill Nye's character and apparently there was a, a lesbian story in it that got cut really with francis de la tour really yeah and oh is it like an older gay couple in there who are going to be one of the small stories that, you know, they're all sort of little vignettes that are put together. Why did they get cut? Time, I guess. I don't know. Ask. I'll ask. Susie Ruffers is well into the lesbian storyline. And also, can you just make a lesbian rom-com? Or just a rom-com with lesbians in? I'll ask him. Thanks. And can you also give him my CV? Yeah. Cool. You leave it here. Okay. Oh, well. um, what is the film you loved years ago? You used to love this film and then you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh dear, this doesn't hold up. I found it really difficult. Okay. This question. I feel like films are in sort of moments. They're, like, you know, you can look back at stuff and go, oh my God, people used to, like, you know, obviously awful, uh, like there's some awful messages in films or mm. awful, like, people playing sort of races that they're not. Yeah. And stuff like that, which is <laughs> yeah. like, ooh, I find this very difficult to watch now. Yeah. 
you know, I guess stuff like I loved Bring It On and I right. loved She's All That. But then, yeah. of course, I did. I was a teenage girl. Yeah. And they were great then. I don't think that I'd be, like, jumping into it, like, you know, yeah. wanting to go and watch Bring It On now. But I still, you know, I still love it. Yeah. But from that time. I remember thinking, I know what you did last summer was terrifying. <laughs> That's and seeing answer. a bit of a re- recently and being like, this is not at all scary. <laughs> so not the country. Um, no, it's not. And I really like Scream 1 and 2 and then they sort of trailed off a bit. But yeah, I thought that was, I found, found, found that question quite difficult. Okay. Well, if you would like to ignore that question, you can. But bear in mind that all your points are going to be added up at the end. And if you've left an answer empty, that's a zero. Okay, then bring it on. Okay. Thank you. What's wrong with bringing it on? Well, nothing. It just used to be... I just used to think it was amazing. And it might still be. You haven't checked. Oh, I don't know. I'm just trying to be positive about films, Brett, for your podcast. No, and I like it. Okay, if you're, if, if you're saying it's because you're being positive, I'm going to give you five points. Well done. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. That's great. What is the film that has the most meaning to you? This is my favourite question, by the way. Okay. What's the film that has the most meaning to you? Not necessarily the film's that great, but because of the experience you had around seeing it, it always means something to you. I mean, to be fair, Jungle Book is a great answer to this yeah. story. But if you have another one. I do. Um, I went to see, so you know my lovely girlfriend, Alice. I absolutely love your lovely girlfriend, Alice. She's great. And uh, last year, we, we'd been together for a few months, a couple of months. And then just before Christmas, we, about three days before Christmas, we went to the BFI to see It's a Wonderful Life. And oh, she'd wow. never seen it. Wow. And I love It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Like the black and white version, I've got no interest in the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the colourised one. Yeah. And I just think it's just such a great story and it's sort of, old-fashioned and romantic, and everyone has those sort of Hollywood voices that nobody ever really talked like. Um, <laughs> and I sort of love how it's sort of big and camp in places, but, like, sort of the overriding message of, like... I mean, it's, it's sort of similar to Christmas Carol, isn't it? Like, you know, this is what would happen if you mm. hadn't have been here. Like, you know, you... Like, you know... T- well, it's almost the opposite of Christmas Carol, because in Christmas Carol, it's like, what, the world is better without you. Yeah. Whereas one yeah. of your life is... The world's the world better with, yeah, right. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. the reverse of it. And, yeah, I love the the whole idea of it and him sort of, it, it going from such a, you know, the film starting in such a low place of like, oh, this guy's going to kill himself. Yeah. That's 
that's a really dark way to open a Christmas film. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, and then it's sort of the journey that he goes on and sort of seeing, I don't know, just giving him sort of more hope in himself and him realising, I don't know, I guess the film's about realising how lucky you are and, and I really like Christmas. Yeah. I'm, I really, I'm really, a, I'm a big kid when it comes to Christmas. I like doing all the, I like going and getting mulled wine and going to a wanky Christmas market and walking through the city and people being festive and I love all of that. I'm a fan. I love all of it except Christmas gigs. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I would say it's really special because then we we were sort of, we'd been dating for a little while and we knew it was going really well. And I was like, oh, we, we need to go and see this film. I can't believe you haven't seen it. So we went to the BFI, which it's always lovely going to the pictures, but there's something about going to like sort of a, either an old-fashioned cinema yeah, or somewhere like the BFI that feels a bit grand it's better than it yeah. yeah and so and to be in a cinema that's packed mm. so there was not a seat left wow. and at the end when the bell rings everyone bursts into applause uh. which and it was about two days before Christmas and then we decided to get the bus home it's back to East London so like we just sat on a big double decker bus and watched people like with all their mates and different people doing all their little Christmassy things on the way home and it was like oh this is I think this relationship is gonna this is something quite uh. exciting so, yeah, I'd say that. God, imagine if she hadn't liked the film. It yeah, it but when she there. cried as well, I was like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's, she's the same as me. She's a crier. <laughs> Go on, weep, weep. Cry. Cry. I'm going to put on still Alice when we get home. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely, that is. Um, <clears throat> here we go. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. What film mm-hmm. do you think is the sexiest Susie Ruffle? I think Dirty Dancing's pretty sexy. It is pretty sexy. I remember watching that as a teenager and being like, guys, this is very rude. <laughs> uh, or maybe just maybe pre-teen. I remember thinking Save the Last Dance was very sexy. I mean, I think it's dancing You films. like a dance. Yeah, Save the Last Dance. I loved, loved yeah. that movie. But yeah, I'd say on the whole, it would be something like Dirty Dancing. It's okay. something about Patrick Swayze. Mm. And dancing. And dancing. It's hot. Yeah. There is a side category yeah. to this question. Yeah. Troubling boners, worrying wide-ons. Uh, a film that you found arousing and thought, perhaps I shouldn't. I've heard boys say about being attracted to, like, you know, Maid Marian in the Disney version. Yeah, Robin Hood, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I can obviously see that Little Mermaid's fit, so but I still know she's a mermaid. So yeah. I wouldn't say that I've had an arousing moment that, I, that wasn't like, this is an arousing moment. So what puts you off about The Little Mermaid is that she's half fish, not that she's a cartoon? I'd say it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> uh, what is the... So you do have an answer for this? No. No, okay. That is all right. Sorry. You don't lose points for not answering that weird question. That's good. What is the film that you most relate to? To be honest, I love watching anything that has, has queer characters in it. Okay. So it's because... I mean, it's happening more and more now, but it's still, it's still relatively rare to see a gay woman in a lead role in a film. You can sort of count them on one hand. You know, Carol. Yeah. Which is amazing. Love Carol. I love Carol. Such a great film. Christmas film too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Carol's beautiful. Beautiful film. Oh, yeah. It's shot so beautifully. Yeah. It looks like, who's that? Is it Hopper? The, no, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like it, yeah. his paintings, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Of like, 
there's a really famous painting of his where of, a woman, of people sitting in bar stools and it's yeah, or not and bar like stools a like diner. It, yeah. yeah and the whole film sort of has that wash yes. yeah I love that film I've watched it a bunch of times also if you like that film look up the SNL Kate McKinnon oh, really? thing of it it's so funny okay it's so funny apparently when they played it at Sundance they put on the SNL sketch beforehand and oh, Kate Blanchett yeah. thought it was very funny uh, which cool. I really liked so that then the kids are all right. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good film. It's a great film. Again, Julianne Moore, our friend. Yeah. Our friend Julianne. Um, but can you think of any others? I guess it's the, it, uh, it's part of the issue, I think, and it's to do with. I uh, could be. I, I think that the issue with. Um, I don't know what the correct word for it is, but non. <laughs> non. What's the word? The issue I think currently in in entertainment mm-hmm. is that now there is a lot of diversity being uh, addressed. However, it's often like if you're going to have a queer character, it has to be a queer story mm-hmm. rather than you have a lesbian actor just playing a detective. And that you mean a lesbian character? Uh, well, yes, could be, but 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 it doesn't have to be a story about, about that. being yeah, gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, the character happens to be gay yes. rather than that's their story. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I think, think that's the issue is that we go, oh, right, we're doing it now, but but they're always very specifically and about being gay. And I think because of that, they end up sometimes not being as mainstream yeah. a film. I think Call Me By Your Name did that really well. Could tell me what your thoughts are Because I think it was quite sort of an allowedly gay, but it also just was about a boy's sexual awakening yeah yeah. and i think it was it was about another man but it was very much just a boy's personal journey i think that's fair you know like a a sort of a old-fashioned idea of what every gay boy goes through which might be like oh he's being really camp he's dressing up he's being really outrageous which is definitely a role within the gay community and that is something that some Mm. gay men are like but there's also a lot of other gay men that don't fit that narrative yeah but 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 we see more of that on screen. Mm-hmm. You know, we we do see a lot more of that with gay male stories. Yeah. I feel like there's still quite a long way to go with having gay female stories, and it's the same in like in sitcoms, in mm. drama, in anything. Of there not being, you know, I'm not saying like every story has to be gay. It's just like I feature in loads of my friends' lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, most of my friends are straight people. Uh, not be- not through choice, but just because of especially like comedy. There are, you know, there is there are quite a few gay girls in comedy, but a lot of my friends are white straight men. Not necessarily white, but straight men. And I guess because that, and, and I feature in their lives, and it's not, you know, the the story is never around my sexuality. Exactly. I just yeah. exist. Yeah. And I feel like seeing that is really I sort think that's of, it. and it's really. It's really like connecting when you're a young adult. It really makes you... There's a moment in Mean Girls where they where they say that one of the girls is gay. Mm-hmm. The girl that's like the ulti girl who's like... She's like friends with... I think he's called Jacob. Who's like... So they're her friends at the beginning of the movie and then she becomes friends with like the bitchy girls. Right. So there's a bit in the film where they're like, oh, she's... I've heard she's a lesbian. And I remember being in the cinema thinking please be gay. And she's not. It was like a way to be horrible to her. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking, please be gay. Please be, please normalise this for me. Yeah. And I think it probably happens, hopefully happens less now, certainly in this country. I mean, obviously, gay, you know, gay rights across the world is not, you know, illegal in 78 countries, punishable by death in 10. Is and it? yeah. And so it's not like, you know, the, 
everything's, you know, the, but I just feel like there's so many gay stories that haven't been told and that I think would be super interesting to a straight audience. Mm. You know, that it's, you know, and it, you know, in the same way that, you know, you don't have to, you know, be a Syrian refugee to really enjoy a film about Syrian refugees. No, you know, exactly. it, it's just sort of, and so I think that whenever there's characters in films that are gay and certainly gay women, there's like, it just sort of really tugs at my heart. Um, I loved Pride. I thought Pride was such a beautiful film, telling such an interesting story that people didn't know um, about, you know, these two. If you haven't seen it, first of all, watch it. Um, But it's about a group of people that are miners in Wales that have been sort of, the, the, the miners strike. They're all striking for pay and safety. And uh, basically uh, the Gay Liberation Front in London, whose headquarters used to be in Gays the World, which is a gay bookshop that still exists in Russell Square, they basically raised funds to help them. And it's this sort of very sweet story of two different types of people who are very different types of people feeling like no one cared and then both saying, I'll care. And I think that's, I remember watching it and just crying so much and finding it, so moving that um, these different types of people standing up for each other, and um, and I th- and I couldn't believe that it hadn't already been told. Because mm. if it was like about two rival football teams, there'd be eight films about it <laughs> and a series. Yeah. If it was a story, yeah. If it was a story that, but but like I think I guess for a long time people were like, oh, who's going to watch it? And it's like everyone. Yeah. This is this is what I, I think. Uh, unfortunately um, and well and what's kind of interesting is it is a business the film industry is a business but what like something like Black Panther proved is Black Panther is fucking massive and brilliant and brilliant I'm not into superhero films at all would it be cast as a superhero film? yes definitely yeah and I'm not into them like I've seen a few liked some of them liked a couple of the X-Men films but I'm not a Marvel girl I'm not into that Um, and I it totally made me think, oh, maybe I am into it. And then, yeah. I, then I watched another one. I was like, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I just loved it. I thought yeah. it was so brilliant and such social commentary yeah. within a film uh, where you don't, not that you don't expect it, but like, oh, you're telling me lots of things by, yeah. you know, just this sort of fantasy world, which I guess is what the job of superheroes films can be. But I just thought it was executed so beautifully. Yeah. Go on. Well, but the point is that it was considered for a long time a risk to have a black yep. uh, cast. Yeah, completely black cast. Black, yeah, for one and, person. And women and all sorts yeah. going on in it. And it was huge. And it huge. made so much money. Absolute box like, of a smash. Yeah. Proved it wasn't like only black people went to see it. it no. It wasn't only women with short hair went to see it yeah, because yeah, of the women yeah. in the world. You know what I mean? It's like everyone no. went to see it. And it was. Everyone's, it's a good film. Again, so now you can put more. You yeah. prove to the business people. Yes. Not everyone has to be white or male or the, the storylines. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be about the black experience or, you know. Well, yeah, exactly. Because that's not just be yeah. a story. Yeah. And that's what I hope happens. I mean, I feel like it's great that there's sort of, I've heard you hear about a lot of that. There's a, there's a lot of gay films that are coming out this year about women and trans films and films about the gay male experience is one that's come out. With Nicole Kidman in it, it's about conversion therapy. Oh, yeah. About them sending people saying, I'm really sorry, I can't remember the name of it. But that looks really good, and there's loads of stuff, and I think that's the thing. There is so much room mm. within films and within storytelling. And I think that, uh, yeah, I feel like there is there's still a long way to go 
with not a long way to go, but I think there's a lot of stories that are yet to be told. And so I say that I'd say that I get this sort of physical connection to those films mm. where I feel like, you know, this isn't me, but this is highlighting part of the queer history that I am now part of because yeah. of my, my life. Great answer. Thanks. What objectively is the greatest film of all time? You're going to hate me for saying this. Go on. E.T. Uh, I'm not going to hate you for saying it. The reason that I, I will say for the listener that I've started saying in the, it, it, when I send people the questions, try to avoid E.T. <laughs> only because E.T. pops up in various forms. However, I am making an exception for you, Susie Ravel, because I do know that E.T. is... Is very I mean, I have a figurine of him on my mantelpiece. Okay, tell us it's about It's a foot it. big. Oh, it's a to big... scale. No, he would be bigger than that, I think. Right. I think, I imagine E.T. around three foot. Right, okay. Just FYI. Depends on the size of your telly, but okay. Sure. Um, I love it. I think it's an amazing film. I watch it about twice a year. I love him. I love it. I love the story between him and Elliot. Mm-hmm. I love it when he's dressed up as a woman. I love it when he's drunk at school. I love... I mean, E.T. is a story, and I'm, I might have to cut this stuff because I don't know whether people have covered this on the story on the on the podcast before. But I don't know whether me as a gay person particularly linked to it mm-hmm. because I felt like a real outsider as a child, and I think that's the thing about Elliot—not E.T. being the outsider, but Elliot being the outsider—and yeah. then him finding this friend. And I was a bit of a, like not a weirdo at school, but I didn't have a lot of mates, and I found it quite hard to. Ugh, I mean, this this is not sounding like therapy, but because of I think if you're growing up and you are gay and you are, you constantly have this secret and it's mm. different people that come out really early, amazing, uh, but I didn't and I always had this massive secret. So because of that, I, I never could be completely relaxed. Were you always aware of it from like... when I was about twelve or thirteen? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then I didn't come out for about ten years. Wow. So it was like carrying around a backpack of shame. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I think when you've got that. Uh, when you when you when you're always carrying that, it's very hard to relax around people. So therefore, I found it very hard to make friends, and I was a yeah. bit of a I was considered to be a bit of a loser. And so there was something in ET that Elliot was this kid that got sort of he gets picked on right at the top of the film, mm. and his brothers sort of mean to him, and then he has this friend, and I just loved it from when I I, I probably watched it a bit too young, and I think. My brother, who is four years older than me, would be like, oh, don't watch that, it's scary. But I loved right. it. I loved this idea of this little man from outer space. And there was nothing to be scared of because he was really kind. And his mm. people are kind. Yeah. Um, I don't like it that they've changed the film now. No. So that, it's, so that the spaceship looks better. No. Give me the old spaceship. Um, I love that you only see the people from the waist down except for the mum until the last third of the film. Yeah. Grown-ups, not people, the grown-ups. I love how the siblings come together to do something positive there's a car chase yeah there's like there's a bit of action there's sort of love not a romantic love but a love that Elliot and E.T. have for each other and Gertie uh the little sister and there's peril that like you know you're scared there's mm. longing for each other there's it's sort of a sad ending it sort of has all these elements there's moments that are scary the, you know, the beginning moment with the um the swing and then him being in the in like the shed bit or where they put the bins yeah and when he rolls the ball back you know that's a jumpy moment yeah Yeah. um there's comedy when elliot's at school and he lets all the frogs free when the brother bangs his head when the brother bangs his head yeah my favorite bit yeah so good when he's dressed as 
the lady. Yeah. And he does like, <laughs> with the neck. <laughs> love it. So much to love. Yeah. It's also like a sort of 70s movie, like the the dinner scene with the family up yeah. top. It's like, feels improvised, feels like. Yeah. It's not very. When the like, mum so, loses her cool, yeah, and she's like, stop it. Like, yeah, it's feels really. feels so real. And... Yeah. And I think, I wonder. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I've seen that I've got the bonus. I mean, I've got the. 20th edition DVD re-release. Of course I do. It's got an extra bonus video on it of how they make video. DVD, (laughs) how they make it, which I obviously watch. And you see all the auditions. And the Elliot one is quite famous. He was incredible. Um, And they were like, don't take... And he sort of... They they filmed his audition. And he's just a little kid that goes to a drama club, I think. And they said, we've taken away your friend. And he bursts into tears and Mm. has this incredible talent of being able to touch this emotional part of him. Uh, at such a young age, it's incredible. But the the Drew Barrymore audition is amazing as well. And Steven Spielberg originally saw her for Poltergeist, but thought she was oh, too really? light. Yeah, he was like, she's too bubbly. Oh, and then as really? soon as E.T. came along, because the idea was, and Drew Barrymore says in it, is that she knew that he wasn't real, but she didn't completely believe he was fake. Uh. So I imagine with those sort of family scenes, and because so much of it is children, there's so much, like, mm. like you know, there's classroom scenes yeah. of kids that are, like, 10. It's not like teenagers who are almost adults. It's children. Yeah. And I imagine he's the kind of director that just keeps the camera going. Mm. Like, yeah, just keep trying it in different ways. Yeah. And because and, and, I feel like there's, I mean, I'm really into it. Really truthful yeah, no, performances. You know what, this is definitely staying in. You've really, you've earned its place. Yeah. I really, um, I Did just you have an ET? As in... You related to Elliot and you then like this idea of this friend that appeared. Yeah. I used to have an imaginary friend, yes. Uh, she lived in my watch. She was called Gemini. Gemini? Yeah. Lived in your watch? Yeah. Okay. She was like from space. Oh. I think she was green. And wore like a pink jumpsuit, which is probably from something. But I, I, I didn't really believe that she was real, but I used to play. But you didn't know she was fake. <laughs> but I used to play talking into my watch and then her talking back to me and me running around and being crazy. She wasn't an imaginary friend in that, like, I saw her. Right. I just sort of conjured her up in my brain of who she was. Did you feel that way for 10 years? That I had to have imaginary friends? No, when I was 21, I, I sort of reined it in slightly. No, as in before you came out, you came out at 21, did you? Yeah. So for those 10 years, from 12 when you were aware to 20 and you had Yeah, so nine years, it, yeah. Did you feel like Elliot? Like, did it change? Uh, you know, I felt very much like an outsider and, like, I didn't fit. And that I was really ashamed that I didn't fit. That's very sad, isn't it? Did it you... is sad, but I think now it's... But I think that the way that it can be less sad is if there is more. Um, yeah, well, exactly. So you, you didn't know, have anything around that showed you... That being gay was okay. Yeah, that this was not... No, nothing. The only thing I really knew was that Ellen came out and she lost her job. Oh, fuck, Yeah. And you didn't have, there were none of your friends, no one else in school, nothing? No, no one else in school, no friends. An uncle that lives in Germany that I don't really know, yeah. like a great uncle, my uh, granddad's brother. Like, no one else, didn't know anyone gay, hadn't really met any gay people. I'd met a couple of camp men. Did you talk to anyone about it? No. No one for 10 years? No, I mean, I think it's why I have therapy now. Because wow. <laughs> it's a lot to carry around. But yeah, but, yeah. Th- but then what stops that happening is people having discussions and what helps discussions yeah. is... You know, role models, people in films, that stories being told, normalising. Can I ask, and we can cut this if it's too personal, but I find it fascinating, is when, when you did come out, if you were, went through all this time of not speaking to anyone, yeah, was it that you were like, 
I can't take this anymore, I have to come out? Or was it, did something happen that made you feel, okay, I can do this now? I can tell you the honest thing, and I don't mind you keeping this in, but it's quite bleak. I remember I had a boyfriend who was lovely, really, really nice guy. We were living together, or I was like, I don't know if we were living together officially, but I was staying with him for a bit. And it was during my last year of drama school, I think. Mm -hmm. Maybe I was in my second year towards the end of drama school. And I remember thinking, nothing to do with him, by the way, he was great. I remember thinking, if I have to live this life the rest of my life, I'd sooner be dead. Oh, and I remember having that thought and then thinking, that can't be the story. Wow. You've, you have to deal with this. So how soon after that moment did you... I went to my friend's house that night. Oh, wow. My friend Amanda, I got to Amanda's house and cried my eyes out and she was amazing. And Matt, her husband now, boyfriend at the time, he was amazing as well. And they, would, and I just, and they, they knew loads of gay people and I'd met... I'd met a few gay people by this point, but I didn't really have a close friend that was gay. Then I told a couple of my friends, my friend Ruth being amazing, and just going to... I remember telling my friend Rachel's house, the day that I moved out of his place, the boyfriend's place, and she said, why are you here? And I said, oh, I've left him. And she said, why? And I said, because I think I'm gay. And she went, I'll put the kettle on. Uh. (laughs) It was so... And um, so my friends reacted in such a blasé way to it. I thought it was going to be sort of this far bigger thing which it was you know for me but obviously you know in their lives it was like oh okay yeah that's fine so yeah it was quite uh and so I think that I've often identified with outsiders in yeah. films or um or in series or people that aren't quite the norm this is two very beautiful stories you've told in this episode <laughs> uh, not very funny but that's okay that's all right doesn't have to be Sometimes it's funny. Uh, what is the one film you could watch over and over again, or have watched over and over again? Titanic. Really, I love Titanic. Kiedel. Love Titanic. It's Almost and like, and like refuse to put it in the question of no. What's the bad film that you love? Because it's not a bad film. It's come up a few times. Titanic. It's a great. People movie. stand by Titanic. I stand by Jack and Rose yeah. till my dying <laughs> breath. Yeah, love it. I think it's a great film. Okay. Do you want to know why? Yeah. Or is it, or is it obvious? Uh, you could fill, fill us in. I love Kate Winslet. I love Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I love the story. Yeah. It's very, it's, I it's love very, the sea. Sim- I love the sea. Well, no, the sea is what takes the The bagger, yeah. in a way. Um, it's great. I love it from the opening, you know. Yeah. It doesn't look any bigger than the Grand Britannia. It's far bigger. Far more luxurious. Uh, there's just no pleasing your daughter. I love it. I love the costumes and time and I love that love transcends uh, class and money. <coughs> Are you laughing at that? No, I'm coughing. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I'd okay. like to believe that's true. We all would. Yeah. Um, I had a really posh girlfriend once. I don't think love transcended it. Did it not? No, did you not try, in the end. Did you sketch her like one of your French girls? Because maybe that's what you should have done. Yeah. In the end, I think class, we couldn't transcend it. Listen. I'm not saying that everything they say is right. We weren't on a boat, to be fair. Do you know what I mean? If you're trapped. It was sinking. Yeah. I just think it's a great film. I just think it's a really good film. I think it's got a bit of everything in it. I think it's a love story. I think Kate Winslet is a phenomenal actress. She is, correct. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is a phenomenal actor. She is. I think it's done, I think, and I think they're both, some people you watch films and you go, oh, they really learn, they really learn how to act. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both great in it. 
Mm. They're both great in it. Lovely, a lovely little cameo. You like crying as well, don't you? You like crying. Yeah, I like crying. Three and a half. Love it. Love that we've got the old lady at the end. Yeah, taking away a priceless. I mean, throwing that away, but I also love the bit. I love that it like dovetails at the end because Mm. halfway through the film, Jack says to Ray, when the boat's sinking, Jack says to Ray, you're not. You're not dying here. You're not dying now. You're going to die an old lady in your room surrounded by photos. Mm. And that's what happens at the end of the film. It's lovely. When you tell it, I'm moved by it. Your synopsis of Titanic just moved me more more than than Titanic. Well, maybe I should sit next to you and tell you how you ought to feel. Yeah. Tell your cold, dead heart. Just whisper to me what's going on. Yeah. This is sad. No, no, he's he's coming off the door now. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) They're dancing. She's, she's never allowed to dance like this normally. She's letting she's, her hair down. She's, she's flying. Not literally, but she feels like she's flying. That's actually yeah. my least favourite part of the film. I would I'm say the best Jack. scene is when the mum is doing up her corset. Mm-hmm. And she says, we've got no money. You realise what a horrible compromised position Rose is in. That yeah. she has to marry this horrible guy to keep her family clothed. Just to marry this really three-dimensional man, Billy Zane. Exactly that. It's a really complicated three-dimensional character that she has to marry. Cal. Is that his name? Yeah. He'll never amount you're, to much. Yeah. You're my fiancé, my fiancé, son to my wife! Great impression. Now, honestly, I really like... I think if you ever run out of material, you should do Titanic Live. Okay, fine. I would pay to see that. Okay. If you could try and make it slightly shorter than the actual film. I'll see what I can do. I'm not making any promises. Okay, thank you. Uh, what's the, what, we don't like being negative, you and me. I'm, I'm naturally not a negative person. Don't what? like negging other people's work. No. What's the worst film we've ever seen? It's more that some films just leave me a bit meh. I watched one at the weekend, actually, that I didn't love. The Snowman with Michael Fassbender. Okay, yeah, I think you can have that. Have you seen it? Uh, that's the, the, the best part of The Snowman is the poster campaign. Yeah, it's really slow. And I know that's sort of the thing with, like, Norwegian, like, long landscape <coughs> shots. Yeah. You know, like, and, like, the music, and it's all, you know... But, Jesus Christ, like, it got to a point where my mum was like, has anything happened yet? And I was like, no, not really. We know that there's a killer. Well, you know that what happened, I haven't seen The Snowman, uh, and I'm almost interested to, because the director, who's a brilliant director, everyone involved in it's brilliant, said in an interview on the opening weekend that they had only filmed 75% of the script. Right. So there is chunks of it missing, so I'm not sure it makes sense. Do you know what, it sort of doesn't. Right. Well... It sort of leads up and you're like, oh, okay, so there's this killer. They're leaving signals or they're leaving um, a snowman. They're leaving things. Oh, okay, you can sort of, oh, there's a profile to the kind of women he's killing. Okay, Mm. you can go through all that stuff. But then you realise, oh, one of the detectives is linked to this case in a different way that we didn't expect. Okay, that's slightly interesting. And then it's like, oh, no, no, it was him all along. And then, okay, it's done. Right. So it's this really long, drawn out bit where you're going, God, this must ramp up in a minute. And it just didn't quite get there. And I like Fassbender. and yeah, excellent. Um, and, and it's based on a book by Joe Nesbitt. He's great. Yeah. But. Okay, that's a good didn't answer. Didn't love it. Didn't love it, but I, didn't, I, mean, I don't think it's the worst thing ever made. There was just, just didn't. It, the thing was, you know what I think is most annoying? Right. When it's a film that could almost be brilliant. Oh, yeah. Well, everything about that film should be brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas if you're like, white chicks. <laughs> Which is kind of a funny Love movie. Yeah, it's a funny movie. But if you're like, if you read the synopsis of someone, you yeah. could go, I could see how that would be awful. Do you know and what I mean? Yes, it isn't. But, but no, it's actually really funny. That bit where they're singing, <laughs> making my way down to So funny. So funny. Love the way in this is, this is. Yeah, really brilliant. But you know what I mean? Like the concept, I do know, you know, there's, the, a, there's a version of White Chicks 
that could be bad. Yes. Almost unimaginable having seen it. But you but know what I paper. mean. Yes. What's the film that made you laugh the most other than White Chicks? Uh, Airplane. Great. Love it. Perfect. I think it's a brilliant film. Yeah. Love Leslie. Nielsen. Nielsen. Almost said Liam Neeson. Not the same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see him do Taken. Oh, talking of Liam Neeson. Have yeah. you seen Widows? I have. What a great film. Great film. Loved it. Good film. So brilliant, Viola Davis. So, so, so much to love. Yeah, just such a great film. Loved it. Brilliant film. To see uh, such a, a cast with so many non-white people in it. Yeah. For the fact that it's a relationship between a black woman and a white man and that hasn't got... Like we're saying about the gay saying. story. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a, it's not, it's not That's no, no part of the script. No. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's not... It doesn't need to be addressed. Yeah. And that was just one of the things that I loved about it, sort of retrospectively thinking about it afterwards yeah. and reading some stuff about it. But God, I thought that was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Anyway, back to Airplane. Airplane. Sorry. <laughs> Love it. So funny. So many great lines. So, so funny. So many great lines. Yeah. You know, this is a bad day to stop smoking crack cocaine. Um, yeah, the nun who accidentally unplugs the guy. Love the nun. Um, the guy's life support. Um, the girl's life support. And then yeah. she goes, like, oh, so funny. It's so ridiculous. I love everything about it. I've watched it loads. And um, I remember watching it as a teenager and thinking it was funny and then watching it as an adult. And there's so many hidden jokes yeah. that you would not have. The amount of effort they put in in that film is extraordinary. I think it's. I think you'd be hard pushed to find a film that has a higher joke count. Yeah. It's either. It'd be it, their film. It'd be Naked Gun. Yeah. It's either, every line is either a setup or a punchline. Yeah. And that is so rare. And, in, and there's sight gags and there's, yeah. it's all happening. Oh, it's fantastic. Fantastic film. Great answer. It. I don't know why I've not, because usually it ends up, we get end up on Spinal Tap, but Airplane probably got even more jokes. I've never seen Spinal Tap. What? I know, I know. I've never seen Star Wars either. Hackaboon. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow. Well, you've got a lo- lovely life. Haven't seen now, Goonies. Though. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm like, oh, I think I've missed the boat. I'm worried about those two, but you should watch Spider Tap. Yeah. It's It's not like, it probably feels like a chore because you think, oh, it's such a classic Spider Tap. It's yeah. fucking good. Is it's it? really funny. Okay. You'll enjoy it All more right. than you think you will, I think. Oh, all right, okay, okay. Now, Susie Ruffalo, been an incredible guest. Thank you. I had some wonderful stories, yep. some real insight, and I really appreciate it. However, when you were. Uh, Cut up by that uh, black van. Yeah. And it uh, crushed you underneath on your bio. I mean, it's really awful. That's not how I wanted you to go. But... Did, but did I have all my DVDs in, the, in my backpack? No. Oh, okay. You had nothing on you except you had your sketchbook. And your, your what you had was a voice reel of you doing impressions that you were just taking to dead ringers at Radio 4. Oh, God. But... Oh, God. They never got to hear them. <laughs> how awful. <laughs> you were crushed. Under the van, and the van was big, and it's okay. That's that's yeah. We've got the gist. I'm dead. I'm dead, dead. dead no, to, but dead, it's to, worse dead. than that because you you've been really spread out everywhere, and I've had to clear everything up, put you in the coffin. But the coffin was the size of you. But we ended up picking up bits of road. There's it a lot more stuff than we thought, right? We stuffed you in the coffin, and now there's only room in the coffin for one DVD that we can just slide in the side. And when you go to the other side, there's movie night. And one movie night is going to be your movie night. So what film are you taking to show then? Pride. Fantastic answer. They're going to Because I reckon they'll already have E.T. They do have E.T. I reckon yeah. I'll get there and like there'll be like four people that are like, oh, we watched that on Tuesday. And I'll be like, oh, but can we? And they're like, oh, yeah. 
you got to leave it a month. Yeah. There'll be a rule. Yeah. But I feel like maybe no one else will take pride. Like, some people will. Yeah. But maybe... But it's not on every night. No. You can have pride. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, Susie Ruffalo. Brett Gostillian. Uh, love to you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Lovely time in, in heaven with pride. And good, good day to you, sir. So that was episode 47. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 15 minutes of chat with Susie. You'll fucking love it. And if you do enjoy the show, please subscribe and give it five stars and a nice review for the simple reason. Apparently it helps our numbers, means more people get to hear it. I can keep making it. You can keep listening to it, etc., etc., until we all fucking die. Sorry for all the swearing. It's very late. Thank you so much to Susie for doing the show and for being so great. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics. Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come join me next week where I have a very special guest who I will not be naming yet. So look out for it. What a surprise it'll be. In the meantime, have a lovely week. And for God's sakes, please be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more. Online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name, Maureen. Yeah, thank you.